think it's really important to know your fears. And I think it's really important to acknowledge those things. And I think it's really important to, um, to kind of know where those can go out of control and be able to find a place where those can live so that they don't hijack your birth. That's Abby Jacobs, and this is the Rain Studios Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Rain Studios Podcast. I'm Rain Reed, your host, and this is my podcast. And today I have Abby Jacobs on to share two birth stories and her amazing um, insight from inside the Western medical world. Abby is a ER nurse um, right now, and she previously was an ICU nurse down in Reno. Um, She has a lot of wisdom. She has seen a lot of things. Um, She and her partner, Eric, um, we get some of their backstory. They met um, as river guides down on the Rogue River. So they both have um, this deep love and connection for nature. They share their experience of living in a tiny house that Eric and Abby built. Um, They share, or and then Abby, you know, she's sharing her two, um, the birth stories of her daughters, Natalia and Petra. Um, And we hear her inside opinions and her inside... um, insight, her inside insight, how do you like that, um, to the medical field and how, um, Abby sort of straddles both worlds where she's got one foot. I imagine it to be pretty firmly planted on like a concrete step, you know, right out front of the ER where the automatic doors open up and you wheel in, um, you know, a gunshot wound victim or something of this nature. Her other foot is then firmly planted, um, you know, like on a rock or on the bank of the river, um, you know, or deeply implanted in some mud. Like she is connected. She looks like Mother Earth. She sounds like Mother Earth. She has this um, fearsome presence about her, but also a super nurturing and loving um, kindness. Um, And so what's cool is that she gives us insight to both. So we don't have to really be like, you know, um, pro medical only and anti home birth or, you know, we just, it doesn't have to be so binary. And Abby's story really helps us to see how that is. Um, she gives from the inside, um, seeing, witnessing medical births as, um, like in residency, Uh, She shares some of her um, fellow nurses and some of her fellow, um, like, doctor stories, um, and as well as, you know, the two beautiful home birth stories that she has um, from herself. So um, I'm super excited to share this episode with you all. The last bit of it is just, I mean, it's like boom after boom after boom, and the last 20 minutes is just mind-blowing. Um, and I, just a little bit of a heads up that Abby was coming off of a six day night shift, (laughs) um, like 
stunt of work. And um, there's a little bit of kid noise in the background. We um, we did our best. And Christiana, our producer, is, um, you know, also does her best to uh, work with my relatively shoddy uh, recording <laughs> ways. But it is the quality of the words that are spoken. I believe that as listeners, you guys can handle a little bit of fluff in the background. I think Wolfie even serenades us a little bit in this one, which of course, as his mother, I find charming. But I hope you guys can uh, can get through it. And um, and yeah, it's just it's a really enlightening enlightening conversation. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And with that, I give you Abby Jacobs. We'll have little munching sounds in it. Wolfie, you want to come hang out? Wolfie, let's go play. You're making munchy sounds deliberately into the phone. Well, oh, well, munchy sounds. So, all right. Podcast number, I think this is going to be episode 10. Um, and we are over the moon to have Abby Jacobs here with us. An epic mom of two. And um, an ER nurse. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, so because she's got two births under her belt, do you want to tell both birth stories? Sure. Do you think both are, I mean, I think both are consecutive or... I feel like telling Natalia's birth story first would probably be good. She's my first, and since she was the one who made me a mama, maybe... So, kind of went into early, started having early labor, you know, feeling like kind of period crampy, like in the morning, the day before she was born, and I had that all day, and I went to my appointment, and my midwife, Misty, was like, everything looks good, and um, anyway, but you know, this could happen for a week, you don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, could be today, could be tomorrow, could be a week, Mm -hmm. you don't know, so went home, and um... And about 8 o'clock, I started, I kind of went from, I'm having period cramps to, like, I can't talk, I'm having contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, within, like, it, it was, it was like, a pretty fast turnaround, I don't even know. But anyway, that was around 8 o'clock. P.M. P.M. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And... So we were, so we live in a tiny house, but the proper... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel mm -hmm. like I know a little bit more about Abby, but the listeners don't. Right. So let's do a little bit of dial back. I mean, I almost feel like the piece of information that I learned early about you and your partner... Yeah. ...about where you both lived, so there's this, like, sort of cosmic connection between you and Eric. Right. That starts when you're quite young. Yeah. So, So Eric and I met on the Rogue River in Oregon when we were river guides about six years ago. And a year or so after we'd been together, we went back to Wisconsin to visit his dad. And Eric wanted to show me all of his places that he lived. And I had, I was born in Wisconsin and spent the first, or excuse me, in Green Bay also, and spent the first five years of my life there. And so we went back and saw all of his places and he showed me his house where he spent the first five years of his life. And I was like, oh my gosh, very... So fun. Well, let me message my dad and see where our place was and sent me a message and it was three blocks away from where he grew up. It's wild. Um, so we, even though we're, we have a little bit of an age difference, it was um, kind of fun to find out that we spent the first five years of our lives looking at the same 
woods and the same buildings around and yeah. stuff. Um, so Eric and I have lived in a tiny house that we built together. Um, he did most of the work on the tiny house. But, um, did you guys uh, build it? Yeah, we built, oh, you it. built it. Yeah, we Not built it. All. So uh, that project started in 2014. And then we were living in it by the summer of 2015. So, yep. um, <clears throat> so we moved into it for the summer and we didn't really have all of the insulation in yet. So we were doing um, sheep's wool insulation. So we spent that whole summer river guiding and then we were off, off the river. We would be like, like fluffing this wool insulation to put into the walls oh. and putting up the walls. And so that was, Anyway, that was like a work in progress summer and then the following so I guess it would be November of 2015 so about pretty much a year after we started the tiny house we moved into it full-time mm. and we just moved out of it this past November so 2019 Wow, so we lived in it full for four full years four full years and a little bit before that and so how long did you live in the tiny house before the arrival of Natalia. Um, before she arrived, let's see, like two, two and a half years. Two and a half years? Yeah. Yep. And can you just, I mean, tell us a little bit that, about that experience. So that, living in a tiny house with Eric was definitely, well, it's funny because when he first talked to me about it, <laughs> it didn't really dawn on me that I might be part of the plan. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, great, you're going to live in a tiny house. That sounds like so much fun. So awesome. Charming. You should do that, you know? And then <laughs> after we'd been together for a while, I'm like, oh, gosh, like, okay. I mean, I this is maybe part of my future, you know? <laughs> and we're both going to live in this tiny right. house together. And I lived in New York, and so... The, it was kind of a little bit of a natural progression, I guess, mm -hmm. to go to a tiny house. It wasn't really that big of a jump for me. Right. So um, so we moved into it together and lots of, you know, I mean, fighting in a tiny house is, is like, pretty revolutionary because you have to work it out. Yeah. You know? Yep. Like, I'm going to another room where it doesn't, doesn't really, really work. Exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess we have yep. to be civil adults and talk about this. Yep. So I think our relationship grew a lot just, you know, kind of with that, that life decision. And it's so cool. Um, and so anyway, I remember, you know, when we got pregnant, people, everybody was like, oh, well, you're going to have to move out of your tiny house for sure. And I remember both of us being like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Why do we have to do that? Um, we definitely needed, Eric put in an, uh, so we had a, like the downstairs and then we had a lofted one side for our room and then the other side we had a little mini loft mm. but actually after Natalia was born he ended up extending the whole top floor so that we had two bedrooms which was really really nice whoa so we have like our whole downstairs like the you know living room and the kitchen downstairs and then the two bedrooms upstairs so that made it like way more manageable for you know we could actually have a little bit more space mm -hmm. which was really nice um do you want to go play with Theo? <laughs> making a little soundtrack for us over here <laughs> sorry continue um so yeah so living in the tiny house was great it, we really just kind of it, it got to be a little bit too small when Patrick was born just because that's that was like it kind of turned especially when she started crawling and moving around and stuff it was like just a little bit small 
pause. Yeah, one totally, second. totally. We just needed a little bit more space. I think she was about six months old or so. <laughs> and um, so that's when we did the second, the full second floor on that. So and then we moved out of the tiny house when Petra was like five months old. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I remember was, that. And yeah. we knew each other at that yeah. point. Yeah. I want to sing for everybody. That's so beautiful. <laughs> uh huh. Let's have some more milks. Okay, so, so you, not only do you live in a tiny house, but you have a home birth in a tiny house. Well, so the home birth, we thought about it. I kind of thought about doing the tiny house just because the tiny house is such a special place for me. Yeah. But my first birth, I really wanted to do a water birth, and the thought of trying to get a, a birthing dove into a tiny house was a little bit of a stretch. So at the time, we had shared property with my husband's mom. So oh she God. had, we had an acre and a half in Washoe Valley, Nevada, which is between Reno and Carson. Mm -hmm. And she had uh, her little tiny house um, on one side of the property. And then we had ours on the other side of the property. Mm -hmm. And then we had a communal, um, and then actually his sister was there also for a while. And we had a communal house uh, and she had her little zone. We had a communal house on the property also. Mm -hmm. So that's where we did the birth. Oh, okay. That's what we did, Natalia's birth. And so, um, so with Natalia, so I, um, the night of her birth, should I go into that? Yeah, so now we're back then? to 8 p.m. Okay. Perfect. So back to 8 p.m. So she, um, I started, yeah, started getting contractions. So we came into the big house and we had spent weeks kind of leading up to this, like coming up with, you know, soundtracks. Like, okay, what if... Am I going to want this kind of music Mama, or like, who knows, maybe I'm going to, so I had like my, like my salsa reggaeton music and then I had, you know, my yoga music and anyway, all these different zones in the theater room and um, the theater room, this is where my husband's kind of an AV tech, techie guy. Um, so we have this, like, we have like our, um, what's it called? Like a, oh my gosh. A projector. So we had our projector and then our... Anyway, we had all that stuff out. So you were going to be watching <laughs> footage while you were... I had... Um, not watching footage. I had just like a... Um, I don't know what you call it, but it's like the fractals thing. Kind oh, of. yeah. But anyway, I had that on just in case I wanted to... Or like we had that like in a queue in case that I needed like visual kind of calming something or other because yeah. I had no idea what I was going to no, want or that's need. that's smart. Yeah, I haven't actually heard of people doing that yet, but that's a cool... Yeah. Here, bud. So we had all that kind of queued up and then a bunch of different kinds of music, um, you know, because I didn't really know. And then Misty was going to bring the tub when I was, you know, close or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so my, <clears throat> so my birth team was Sarah Joe. She was my doula, and then Misty was my midwife. Cool. And so the plan was Eric was going to, he has like this app. I don't even totally know what his role is, was still to this day, but he and Sarah talked about it. Mm -hmm. So he had like the app and the timing and whatever that was going to be. And so he had his instructions from her about, you know, when to give her a call and when to give Misty a call and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> he did that part and, um... So eight eight or so p.m. I mean, this is like the timeline that I told I'm told because I don't actually remember most right. of it. 
Um, but uh, I started going into kind of heavier contractions then, and I was in the big house, and then um, we had this really awesome tub that wasn't like the birth tub that was there yet, but um, just the tub in our house. And um, I got in that and kind of labored in there for a little while. So we're in the communal house. That was... Um, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. So at 8 at eight p.m., because it's funny, like, Wolfie and I also, like, things started happening at 8 p.m. Oh, really? Too. So, yeah, it was like, and that was when I called the midwife, huh. and I was like, all right, we're ready. Yeah. And personally, I was experiencing, like, sort of a high at that yeah. point, because I was like, I'm about to do this. Totally. And, you know, the, the contractions, the waves, like, they were intense, and they were starting to get, mm-hmm. you know, um... I'm trying to shy away from the word painful because pain is something that we want to it's like a different move away from move away Absolutely. from and this is something you gotta totally. get into yeah but at the time honestly you know my first birth my only birth but like I was it was all I knew yeah like, so I was trying to right I was starting to try to get away from that feeling mm-hmm. um but so at, at for you at 8 p.m are you kind of in that like stoked for it or like internally like is it starting to become scary like what 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 are like the emotional components I guess that come that came with the intensity of that of that time because this is early labor yeah I think early on in the labor it was just like I think I think I moved into I think I moved into like okay, this is just where I was at because I, I think it was, like, more intense than I, anything I had felt okay, yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think early on I was like, okay, just, I mean, I don't remember having too many thoughts, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, okay. Um, later on, I definitely had a period where, um, so maybe I'll kind of skip around because, like, I don't know if I can do it consecutively. Yeah. But, um, so, like, I definitely later on, had a had a period of time where I felt like I I didn't know you know I don't think you know what the urge to push is until you actually have the urge to push totally right like yes and so I kind of at that point at some point in the morning thought that I had the urge to push like I was like I can I can feel this baby's like I can feel this baby moving down and so I like was like pushing a little bit and my midwife was like you know I don't think that you're ready to be pushing it. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like you're ready because mm-hmm. obviously she's like she's done, a few done times. this a few times. <laughs> so, um, and she said, you know, let's just like to prevent any tearing or whatever. Let's let's just hold off for a while. And so she said, you know, you've been in the water because I'd been in the water for um, hours, like, mm-hmm. six hours at that wow. point or something, like okay. a long time. And she was like, you know, what? let's just let's get out, let's move around, mm-hmm. let's maybe try some like movement and see how that feels Mm -hmm. and that was like pretty much the worst (laughs) actually like Eric was like okay yeah let's get out of the tub and I had like my my reggaeton music already he like put that on and normally like my I'm just you can't stop I just can't stop moving when that comes Mm -hmm. up but I just I couldn't do it I like I went into this like went into the walked over to the shower and that was like a kind of a wild ride just going 10 feet away mm-hmm. and then I remember just like kind of scooting down in the shower and that was like kind of my low point was like I I like I need I need 
for my I need for you guys to tell me I can do this because I'm really thinking that this is I don't think I can do this. <laughs> this is the doubt moment. This is this is I, I don't think this is even possible. Right. There's no way. And which midwives all get super excited about because that's the moment of transition. Oh really? Yes. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so like when you yeah, when any mom hits the point where they're like, I can't, I can't. It's the like, yeah. oh, well, you you are. Like, yeah. whether you think you can or not, this is the moment where your baby is having itself. Yeah. And you are the vessel. Yeah. And so you can, like, surrender so to cool. this. Yeah. It's so cool. cool. And I'm like, no why didn't... Actually, I do feel like Tiffany did tell me that. But it's just different in hindsight. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you in yeah. the shower and the water's on and you're just like, ah. Yeah. Just... And so I just, like, I, I was just, like, standing up was so painful mm-hmm. that was like the pain so that was different than like the waves right yes. that was like a very that was like a painful i don't want to be in this position well she was posterior and i didn't know <laughs> so until wolfy. she came out nice that's the sunny side up yeah mm-hmm. and so that kind of makes the leader my midwife was like oh that makes so much more sense <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> yes. um why you were in so much pain doing that mm-hmm. so and also, this was, like, kind of a uh, thing about Natalia's birth. I was so sick. I was throwing up, like, I must have puked, like, 15 times. During the birth? During her birth. Wow. Yeah. I've heard of this. And so, and then I puked, a, I, I did a little bit with Petra, too, but not, and Petra's was just so much shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Natalia, yeah, I was, like, that was, I was starting to get a little bit, that was my nurse brain kind of crept in a little bit with that just mm-hmm. because I was like okay well I don't want to get so dehydrated that um that then I have to go to the hospital mm-hmm. you know and so my my doula Sarah she was so awesome God, Sarah was really incredible throughout this whole thing but she also was like just giving me I had these like strawberry lemonades and mm-hmm. you know coconut so I drink so much coconut water nice um just to help kind of keep the fluids back in and mm-hmm. the them back up. But at yeah. least I was getting something and not being totally depleted, you Definitely. know? Definitely. So then after the shower, um, Misty said, you know, I, you've been at this for a while. Why don't you just take, just lay down for a little bit and see if you can rest. It's like five in the morning. Let's just, let's just see, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, that's hilarious. She wants me to, like, sleep right she now. She wants me to rest. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what's wrong with you like, people? Misty, you, ever, like, this is, no, there's, like, no way. But I did. I actually got a little bit of rest. You I don't did. know that I, like, slept, but yeah. it was that, you know, because I was still having contractions, but it was that, like, I'm so, so tired that I'm just going to close my eyes and see what happens, and mm-hmm. it was, like, kind of, like, sleepy contractions. I don't even know how to explain it, but it was kind of, in retrospect, it mm-hmm. was kind of a beautiful time right well but and then, that's the thing is like when we take our brains out of it or yeah. like our contemporary modern yeah. human brain yeah your body like totally knows what it's doing mm-hmm. your body knew what totally. it was doing she's like oh thank god she's gonna just give us rest here yeah and so it worked yeah and then we did I, eric and i just rested for like a couple of hours and at some point i woke up and i think i was oh yeah i woke up and like was like sick to my stomach again mm-hmm. so I did so anyway went in and like that was when I got the urge to push when you threw up I get yep so yeah yeah and they and um Ina May Gaskin talks about sphincter law super cool huh. so like if you can imagine or it's a fact that what's happening in your mouth and your throat 
is also what's happening in your vaginal canal and um, at the like at the opening of the vagina. Right. So a lot of people like will, will ah, like goes a little high maybe. Ah. If you get to that pitch, your you will op- like your whole canal will open up. I mean, even right now, like you just do it. Oh, that's and so. so huh. So if you think about like vomiting, ah, it's, yeah, that's the upward. And so what's happening, Downward. like, as, mm. as is up, as, what is that saying? As above, so below. As above, so below. So same deal. So you wow. throw up, and then, and that's, like, your uterus and vaginal canal all working in the opposite direction, yeah. but doing the same thing, ejecting the baby. That's so interesting, because the, I, because Misty would say, like, when I was, had the urge to push, I would, mm-hmm. I would, like, sometimes, like, my voice would be really high. Yeah. And she was like, bring it lower. Bring it down. I was like, why? I'm like, I mean, it's nice. It sounds nicer, probably. <laughs> like, but I had no clue. Yeah, you know? it's the That's frequency. Funny. Yeah. Because yeah, the, they said the same thing to me. Because I was, the higher you are, and if you take that sound, you're like, ah, it's more of a like fleeting. There's right. this like upward oh, trajectory to that sound. Mm. Literally, like, ah, totally. it's oh, up. Yeah. And so, oh, is down is mm. it's like you can't help but to just do it yep. you know so there yeah there's some really cool intelligence oh, like there mm-hmm. so awesome so there you are yeah. puking and so there you... I was puking so I, that was like actually a moment that I think I also had to was like feeling like I needed to poop yeah it was so I was like but like from kind of from both ends nice and that's actually that's when I had it and, and Misty was like, okay, let's get off the toilet, because that doesn't make a very good story. <laughs> <laughs> so then I got back in the tub, and then it was like, it was still another couple of hours. Wow. I think after that, and Eric was in the tub with me, and Misty was like, just listening to, listening to the baby's heart rate. And we did, mm-hmm. we did a surprise, um, baby, so I didn't, we didn't know if it was boy or girl yeah. or whatever. So we, anyway... So that what was, time, yeah, so what time did she end up coming out? At 11 in the morning. Okay. Yep. So it was 8 p.m. and then like, lots of bath time. Mm-hmm. 5 a.m. you're like, okay, let's do this rest bit. Mm-hmm. And you actually got to rest for yep. a couple hours. Yep. And then like maybe three hours of yep. pushing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure she was born at 11. And so she was born in the water. Uh-huh. Nice. You got your water birth. Got the water birth. And Britt, so I had, Misty was my, was my primary midwife. And then Britt was my secondary. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Britt was like taking photos and like doing all these like fun things, which I didn't even know about until later. Right. Um, but she actually caught a picture of Natalia coming out. Yeah. Like as she came out and it was like, she like shot out too. Really? Which was really funny because, so, like, you know how, like, when you're pushing, so Missy was having me do, like, three pushes with mm-hmm. each breath. Yep. And so my, you know, like, your first one, it's like, you know, it's like your big gusto push. Yeah. And the second one, and then the third one's kind of like, meh. Yeah. We're just, we're just throwing it <laughs> in there. We're just finishing so out because three finishing is the nice breath. Round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. And so, you know, I was yeah, you know, like, towards towards the end, I was like, yeah, this is going to be the push. And she came out on the third one. What? Of one of my pushes, and it was, wow. like, super fast. I know. It was, like, 
but like Misty was like, ah, get like catch her. There's you know? gonna be like <laughs> swimming around, you know. Wow, and, my gosh. Yeah, and you know, sunny side up, so she was like, wow. You know, I'm not smiling, obviously, but yeah, but could have been. Could have been. Wait, yeah. so and so, did you catch her? Did Misty catch her? Or what? Eric got to catch her. Eric got to uh -huh, catch so her. So she Misty had him put his hands, you know, like. Uh, just right there in yeah. case, you know, who knows when she was going to come out. She flew out. And she basically flew out. And Missy was in there, too, kind of, you know, like, right helping, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did, like, but, so that moment, like, the moment where you, like, did the surprise, like, kind of take over because she oh, ejected totally, herself? Or, this, like... I think it was... Yeah, I, I, I think I was still surprised minutes after she was born. You're like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, there's a person. I don't even, I, this is, I, you know. Mm -hmm. I, but I in just, like pain yeah. level, like all that stuff, like can you just check in with those things? Um, like during the urge to push, like during that part or after? Yeah, like, well, I'm always so enchanted with like the moment. With like, when the moment the baby comes out, what, how does mom feel? Because the focus mm. in, in this culture is so much on, like, look, the baby. Yeah. Like, how's the baby? The baby. And, of course, the baby is of the utmost importance. Right. I do believe totally. that. But it's what's interesting is the listeners are going to be moms. Mm -hmm. The listeners are going to be dads or sisters or siblings or mm -hmm. parents, mm -hmm. you know, that are, that are going to be supporting um, whomever is, you know, going to choose to bring a baby into the world naturally. Right. And so the idea, one of the ideas behind this podcast is to really give the listeners like what it feels like to be a mom, giving and having natural birth, right. having a water birth, having a home birth, you right. know, and like what is this, what are the sensations, what are the emotions that you're feeling? And okay. everyone is different. So like, yeah. it's not going to be the same experience, but what's so beautiful about the podcast and the, about birth stories is that the more someone hears that this is normal, yeah, that like that like taking a rest, taking a real rest yeah. in the middle of labor is normal. Right, throwing up multiple times in labor yeah. is normal. Right, drinking coconut water, lemonade right. during like we're helping to normalize totally. this process yep. for people. So mm -hmm. so if you can kind of like take a time machine trip back into that moment okay what did that moment feel like and you know no need to sugarcoat it like totally. if it was whatever yeah let's see I mean gosh I most I think I mostly when she came out I think I felt surprised <laughs> and then like Just, I, I remember feeling awe. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of shocking, right? Like, it's so shocking. Like, you have been pregnant for nine months, and we've yeah. all been aware that, like, humans make babies. But, like, in that moment, like, you realize, like, I just made a baby. Like, mm -hmm. I just made a person. <laughs> totally. That is just, like... I don't know. It's I talk about it all the time. I make yeah. my life about it, but I'm right. still like I cannot believe that that is how I know this whole thing works. It's pretty amazing. I remember kind of, I yeah I don't know like being like oh really overcome with just 
so much joy and mm-hmm. all of that a little bit, mm-hmm. like maybe a couple minutes after she was born. Mm-hmm. I think initially, I mean, it's hard to tell like time. Yeah. But I think initially, probably it's like the clearest, like the most empty my mind has felt, mm. you know? Yeah. I think that's like, like when I think back and remember, like I don't remember having too many thoughts other than like, I don't think my mind was thinking, oh my gosh. I think my mind was just like, I don't know, just. Right. I mean, that sounds wow. like a very, like almost like a primal. Yeah. You know, cause like as a, I'm a yoga teacher, right? And yeah. like a meditator and, yeah. and this sort of obsession with the present moment, mm-hmm. like could that total brain clarity be yeah. like, this is the most present I have ever felt in my life. Totally. Like, yes. Because essentially nothing else matters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? At that yeah. moment, it's just like, oh, I just did that. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. And then there were three. Yeah. It's just, ooh. And I, yeah, I remember holding, I had her on my chest and just, I remember asking, asking Misty about like, is she okay? Is she okay? Yeah. You know? Nurse brain kept crept back. Yeah, in. nurse brain kept on for sure. <laughs> that was like, okay, I'm present, and now I'm not. How's right. she doing? You know, I what's don't her blood pressure? I didn't even know that she was a girl. I don't think right. for several minutes. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, and how was Talia? How was she? She was great. She was super healthy, and I, I, I felt really fortunate. I mean, now kind of being further away from it, I feel so fortunate to have had that experience just because you know they're yeah everything I had pretty much the best case scenario you know and so well like I had I a big part of a big part of like kind of managing some of it too what having a home birth was for me having been a nurse I wanted to before I became a nurse I want I wanted to have a home birth Mm -hmm. and then I went to nursing school and I pretty much got scared out of it Nice. They were like, okay, here's all the things that can go wrong. Right. So like, why would you ever, mm-hmm. why would you ever have a home birth and you know, all yeah. these things, right? Take that risk. Um, and so kind of one of my, one of my, um, qualifiers with Misty was like, I just want to make sure that like, if I'm hemorrhage or I have, you know, or the, or base, whatever, like worst case scenario for me and baby, can we take care of that? And she yeah. said, yes. Yeah. And so that was like my only, my only, like, I was like, as long as I can have like my worst case scenario covered, Mm -hmm. then I felt like I was going to be able to let go completely, you know, because I knew I, you know, jump, you know, like if you have a net there and you know it's there, Mm -hmm. then you can feel free to totally fly as high as you want. Totally. You know? Yeah. So, and then, yeah, so like, and then, so we've got like minutes after which, and then they kind of blends into hours and then blends into days. Like what do the next minutes, hours and days look Mm. like? That was, that was, um, the kind of immediately right after the, gosh, I, it was such a, that was like such a raw and tender part of my life. I've never felt so vulnerable ever in my whole life. And it, it felt a little bit like, you know, like I'd been turned inside out, <laughs> you know? That's a nice way of putting it, actually. And, and that is sort of what happened. Right. 
And so this was actually kind of a tricky thing to, to navigate a little bit too, was um, right after Bert, Natalia was born, Misty kind of, her, her recommendation was, um, or not even necessarily a recommendation, but gave us kind of some education on neurological systems for babies right when they first come out and, you know, that they're not fully developed. And so if you're, you know, passing your baby around, they just, they can handle it. They're obviously, they're not going to like die or anything, mm -hmm. but, but it is harder for them to settle themselves if they're being passed around a bunch as opposed to just staying with mom and dad. Yeah. And so that choice that we made was to... Um, not have anybody um, hold Natalia for I think I want gosh I want to say it was about a a week or so um, or maybe it was like three days I don't remember the amount of days but it was like a and and so that wasn't really like a very popular decision for the family <laughs> not a popular decision no not a super popular decision. Hello everyone. So I hope you're enjoying this episode with Abby Jacobs. Um, I just wanted to have a little intermission and a little plug for um, the birth and rebirth courses that I'm offering right now. Um, so at this point, um, I'm doing 101s and offering them just kind of first come first serve and how we can work it out with our calendars and schedules it's all zoom it's all virtual we could literally meet from anywhere in the world which um, I am finally embracing is really 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 cool um, so, so part of the silver lining of this COVID is that the level of communication is just I mean exponentially grown so um, if you're interested in the birth course which is um, really designed for um, birthing women and or partners or support people um, for a birth coming up and um, rebirth is essentially um, the courses are really similar actually but rebirth is for if you are um, not pregnant <laughs> if you're just a regular old person <laughs> with the capacity um, to just um, go deeper and learn more about yourself from an ancestral perspective from a your womb space, getting in touch with, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that your creative center exists and, and begins in the womb. So whether you uh, plan on procreating or not is really not, um, it's not what it's about. Um, but we will look at um, your own birth story. We will look at beginning of life. We will look at um, your first interactions, um, first sexual experience, um, your first moon cycle, um, and um, and then we kind of go through um, all the way until end of life, and um, we talk about death, and we talk about perspective, and um, just the courses both really focus on bringing this circular um, nature back to our understanding of life. Um, in, in our Western culture, we have this kind of linear idea where it's like it starts with birth and it ends with death. And it's just this sort of sad chunk abbreviated story. But um, in truth, <clears throat> with nature, um, we like we, we rise out of the ashes, so to speak, and then we are returned um, to the earth. So we really um, who knows what happens on the other side. But um, this course is designed to help us uh, 
try and figure, um, not figure it out, but like lean into it and learn from it. So um, if you are interested in uh, participating, um, shoot me a DM on Instagram or send me an email, rain at rainstudios.com, and I'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, we can do individuals, one-on-ones, or we can do um, small groups. So yeah, feel free to reach out. And um, with that, I'll give you the rest of Abby Jacobs and her second birth story, Petra, and her thoughts on birth in the medical world. Enjoy. So I feel like roll right into birth number two. Okay. If you don't look Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so um, Petra also, she was a surprise. We didn't know going into it. So she, gosh, I was like convinced actually that I was going to have, have her early because mm. for three weeks, well, and also she was my second baby too. So I just felt bigger mm-hmm. earlier. And I remember feeling like by, by month six, I think it was already bigger than I was with Natalia. Whoa. Um, Very cool. And not even like gained a bunch of weight, but just like birth, Mm -hmm. you know, like my belly just got so much bigger. Yeah. So by like the end of of my pregnancy, I was like, I just don't even understand how this is. I have to have, like, twins in there, at uh-huh. least, you know? Like, yeah, the surprise like, twin is we de- <laughs> We definitely, you know, because I only had one ultrasound. I was like, they definitely messed us up <laughs> in there. And so, anyway, so, um, so, like, I'd had a bunch of, like, I don't know, false labor is, like, that's, like, such a weird way to say it. Uh-huh. I don't really know how to call like it. Or, like, Braxton but I just, Hicks or whatever. Yeah, and it wasn't even, I don't know, I don't know. And maybe maybe that's what it was. It just felt different. Mm-hmm. But I'd had that several several nights. Then the night that she was, that I had her, mm-hmm. I didn't really think much of it until okay. like, you know, I was like, okay, well they haven't gone away in an hour, so you know maybe it's like something. But who knows? You know, right. with Natalia, I did this for a whole day, so uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. So then two hours later, so that started at about ten o'clock at night, and then uh-huh. about two hours later. Um, I sent my, my midwife and, um, my doula both a message saying, you know, this is what's going on and, you know, I'll let you know when I go into the big house. So again, her birth is going to be in the same room that Natalia was born in. Um, and kind of same plan and bring the birth tub later, call Sarah first. And so about one, uh, one or so in the morning, I finally was like, you know what? It's. It's not really going away, so I'm just going to go into the big house. And if I need to just sleep in there tonight because, you know, it's not the thing, then it's not the thing, and that's fine. But I'd rather just be there. Mm-hmm. So walking from the tiny house to the big house is probably, you know, 40, 50 feet. You know, not very far. And it seemed like when I left the tiny house, by the time I got to the big house, like, <laughs> I was, it was, like, from, went from, like, you know, the period cramping to like and we're in it like right, right. full-blown active labor like sarah was like you know call me when you know i don't know the the number like 511 or whatever that is uh-huh. do you know what that is like i don't i don't remember the like when your contractions are like five minutes apart oh, or like right. whatever that thing is uh-huh. right and so is it, we is it 411 is it like four minutes yes yeah. no no wait Oh, whatever. I don't know. But it's like, you know. It's like a pattern. Right. Yeah. You know, you're getting closer, right? Well, we went, I went from like. One minute long. 
four minutes in between. Yes, that sounds right. It's something yeah, like something that. Something like that. Yeah. And so we, I, I went, well, me and Petra went from, like, you know, not really doing much to, like, and now we're in it real fast. So that was at like what I mean, yeah, like one o'clock more because I wasn't feeling that way across, you know, in uh-huh. the tiny house. And so I was like, I think we need to call Sarah. This is really intense. And so the the Petra's birth was really short. So mm-hmm. by that she was born at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, nice. So from one o'clock to four o'clock in the morning, like. I had all this time with Natalia. You know, her birth was like 15 hours. And, like, I had contractions that were really intense. You know, mm-hmm. the waves were super intense, but they were, like, spread out. Mm-hmm. Petra was basically, like, I would, I, I mean, I wasn't really counting seconds between my contractions, but it never felt like they ever fully went away. Wow. So that was how it was for three hours. Wow. It was really, really intense. Wow. Um, that's amazing. Which is pretty funny because Petra is a really intense little child. She sure is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Nobel Chill Prize over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was, a, it was pretty wild. Wow. Um, and they didn't really have much, I mean, the Sarah got there at like, I don't even know what time she got there, but like 20 minutes before I would already, I had already had the urge to push Sarah's my doula. Uh So I'd already had the urge to push before she got there. Right. And we had called cause I was like, I, I mean, I don't know if it was I that said it or Eric, but like Missy, I was like, we gotta, this is, this is happening. This is happening. And it's a lot faster. I don't know when it's happening, but yeah, it's definitely going faster than Natalia's. And so I think we need to like make, you know, whatever. I'm sure I did not say that, but somehow it happened. Somehow you communicated Um, that the shit was happening. Yeah. Like (laughs) I can't, I can't do this or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so with, with Petra, I was, I remember sitting in those in my grandfather's recliner mm. <laughs> and that's like where I did some active labor to begin wow. with. And then I was just in the bathroom on the floor of the bathroom. Nice. And Eric being the, um, he's really good at like anticipating needs. Uh-huh. He's epically good at that. Mm-hmm. And so he managed to bring in one of our camping pads for oh, nice. the bathroom floor, just in case I needed it. Brilliant. He'd already stashed it in the closet. Oh, my gosh. And I, I remember being like, yeah, but I mean, I'm really not going to need that. That's kind of overkill, but that's great that you brought it, you know. And then, lo and behold. It's like your savior. That's actually where Petra was born, yeah. was on that on that pad, you know. Oh. Was it um, hands and knees? or Hands and knees, yeah. Nice. So, she, so started out in the recliner moved to the bathroom just because I was sick again with her uh-huh. um and it wasn't as long so I wasn't you know it wasn't too much but pretty much after I think it was like maybe I got sick at three times or something mm-hmm. and then I started having the urge to push like it was two two and a half hours amazing. it was so fast amazing and so Sarah showed up and she was like okay let's just calm that breathing down like she's trying to she's trying to like calm my breathing down so that like maybe the baby's gonna stay in there until Missy comes you know like um and 
yeah, eventually I was just like, no, this, but this is happening right now. Yeah. I was like, Sarah, are you back there? <laughs> you're, you're, you're catching, somebody, you're catching, somebody get back there and get, catch this baby because it's coming out right now. And I, I pushed maybe twice. I, I mean, it was like once or twice. And then Sarah, Sarah said that she just came out on a wave. Was wow. like, whoosh, and then. I was like on, you know, on hands and knees, and uh-huh. Sarah like placed her on, on the mat beneath me, and she's uh-huh. like, "Pick up your baby." Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. like, "Oh, you know, just like that like moment of like, I don't even like how long does that moment last? Like, mm-hmm. seems like it lasts such a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment between like when your baby comes out mm-hmm. and then when you like meet your baby it feels like this like mm-hmm. like a really long it's like expanse of time or yeah. something it's like it's not yeah i don't know i don't yeah. have words for it either but it's certainly it's weird it's like a mute right it's funny like it is underwater it, totally. it very much feels like you're like like all of a sudden like, everybody's underwater yeah just like yes like the like time stands oh. still and yeah. i mean yeah and like Oh my God, angels or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you know, your whoever your spiritual beings are, like all ganged mm-hmm. up in there, like we got this. Yeah, this is happening. Yeah, I guess it happened. Yeah, <laughs> much quicker than we thought. Nice job. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's so cool. You know, it's cool. Um, I'm gonna have to share this video with you. Uh, it's uh, like a primate birth, a chimpanzee, mm-hmm. and Sister Morningstar shared it with me, and she's one of these badass wives yeah. and. Um, her daughter, I think it was like maybe it was like the only video that she watched, yeah, for her birth prep. And I mean, this chimpanzee like goes upside down during the labor, and like there's a, a midwife chimpanzee with her, Aww. like a companion, and you know, and and but so what's very interesting, and in, in a lot of cultures too, like I'm an Eskimo babies, a lot of times the mamas have the babies onto the ground, yeah, and there is like a moment of just kind of reprieve where like the mom looks at the baby it's not this like instant grab right like sort of the way that i don't know i guess that's personal like i right. sort of what is like oh i can't have the baby on the ground right sort of my like totally. temporary human brain right but it's actually like in in that moment where time stands still mm-hmm. they're like the baby is like oh i'm out now yeah you know and like and the mom is like, oh, there you are. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, there's a moment, and then like a couple moments mm-hmm. later, or even minutes later, then mom picks up baby and mm-hmm. starts to perform this sort of newborn first breaths, is what mm-hmm. Sister Morningstar calls it. But you know, where you like, you look into the eyes of the baby, the baby looks at you, and then you might like start kissing or like licking the baby and, you know, mm-hmm. clearing fluid from baby's nose or mm-hmm. mouth. Or, and this is what this chip mama does it like wow. so beautifully. Yeah. And sort of assesses the cord. And wow. I mean, just wild. So it's so it's cool is like to hear that your babe that Petra came out and laid there mm-hmm. is like is totally normal. Right. Like that's like a very that's a very instinctual like. Mm way to have your baby and mm-hmm. you know and also too like i mean you just got you know i just gotten done doing a freaking kind of ton of work Seriously? you know yeah you're like i'm like oh that's done okay that was oof that feels good uh, <laughs> you cleared know? it out <laughs> yeah. 
don't have to push anymore. I'm not yeah. contracting right now. You know. Except for that darn placenta. Yeah. We didn't even talk that about that. Just, well, the first, with Natalia's birth, my placenta, like, I felt like I had a second little mini birth. Like, yeah. Was, you know, definitely had, like, the, like, the waves and contractions and stuff. Oh, with, wow. I w- which surprised me, actually, because I didn't realize that. But I, like, I remember being like, okay, now you have to hold Natalia because I, gotta do something. I can't do this right now, you oh, know? Yeah. I thought I'm going to drop her in the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if ready for this yeah, yet. Yeah, she'd be just yeah. in her watery world again. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I remember, like, kind of birthing my first placenta and my second placenta just kind of seemed to, like, fall out. Nice. It just was like, okay, Perfect. we're done with that. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my second placenta was like no big thing. Actually, my my, my favorite birth photo that I have is like of sitting on the like kneeling on the ground, and I or like on the pad, and I have Petra in my arms, and I'm looking at her, and my placenta is just sitting on this pad. I think I've seen that photo. Like, have I seen that? Probably, I, I, or... I probably showed it to you last time. It's I was here, but... really yeah. It's like mm. I'm like okay, and that's my most. I feel like that my most powerful moment right there. Yes, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean that, and it's all you know, but both of them. But that like image kind right. of sums it up totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like earth, wind, and sky, or mm-hmm. something like just wow. Yeah. So did you had you planned on having a water birth for the second round? Yes. Like, right. So that so I was just like no time for the water, no time for the tub. I mean, yeah, we didn't you know because so Misty got there ten minutes after. Petra was born, mm-hmm. and Sarah was just poor thing. She was just beside herself. She was like, "Wait, oh, wait, wait!" Misty got there ten minutes after, after. so Misty's so not even there. No. Just the doula. Yep. Oh my god, I love it. And so Sarah was like, "I was not planning on doing that, and I really didn't want to do that, and I'm really glad everything's fine, but I never want to do that again." <laughs> um, yeah, I remember Misty looked a little bit shocked when she. I was like, "Sorry, I didn't wait." Oh my god! But she was coming out. Anyway, yeah, and then... Well, yeah, you can't wait, you know? Right. That's what's cool. It's right. like, you really can't wait. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so then Misty came in, and we did, you know, checked, and everything was fine, and... Um, so was your nurse brain there, too? Was your nurse brain less present? I feel like nurses... Like, that's another really cool thing about you and you know your story is that like you're like you're a nurse like you spend a lot of time in the medical world you like believe a lot in medical world and so how I've heard a lot of doctors and a lot of nurses have chosen to have home births Mm -hmm. and so can you share a little bit on that my I think that I think that my um my one of my I don't know I I think that there's like medical like I think Western medicine is is an amazing thing and you know I've seen you know that's where I work yeah is Western medicine and it's yeah. and it's incredible but also I don't think that unless birth becomes a medical event or there's a medical reason to be you know in the hospital or you know of course if that's what Mama feels is most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's then that's great but I feel like I think to me it didn't feel like the most intuitive place to give birth Mm -hmm. you know and I also when I was doing my nursing rotations I remember feeling like so uncomfortable being like a nursing student and being like I'm required as a nursing student to like be in people's rooms and Mm -hmm. I was like gosh fortunate to be in two birthing women's rooms and I felt 
um, really guilty about that because mm. they didn't invite me in, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and at the time I wasn't a mom, but they didn't invite me in. This was just, this is what you do because you're a nurse and you have to go to a nursing school and you like, you have to do this. And so mm-hmm. like, instead of it being like, Hey, we, ha-, I don't even know how it was handled, but mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it did certainly did not seem to me like as if, um, there was a huge amount of like an option given to those moms. Consent. Yes. I guess. Consent. And that, that really kind of stuck with me. I was like, gosh, this, it was, it felt really, that felt really hard. How did those births go? They went great. The two that I watched went nice. really great. Nice. Um, and so that was, I mean, goodness, thank goodness, yeah. you know, for that. But I also have had so many friends that, friends and you know, just that have, and I actually had two two other really good friends who've been doulas, and um, just hearing the 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 amount of C sections that happen for not necessarily great reasons, and yeah. the pressure put on women to have C sections and or get interventions that they don't necessarily want that are not medically necessary that yeah. are just like this is what we do and this is what all men would do so this is what you should do, mm-hmm. and. Also, being a nurse and feeling like my job as a nurse is to be patient advocate, mm-hmm. number one above most else, other, like obviously patient safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel like that was really, at least in the place where I did my nursing rounds, I didn't feel like that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and so that was pretty hard to watch. Um, and I certainly didn't feel like... Honestly, part of part of me too is like, okay, well, if they find out I'm a nurse here, I'm gonna get fired for sure because, <laughs> because I'm not gonna be able to like, I'm not gonna be able to birth this way. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable birthing this way, and also don't feel like comfortable. I don't feel like I would have had a voice, mm. or I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have used my voice, mm. and I think I would have been resentful for it. Yeah. And then I would have gotten fired and <laughs> it would have been a whole thing. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So when you chose, or I think you said this already though, like you had kind of, you'd never thought about having a baby in a hospital. Like mm-hmm. it's sort of always. Maybe not always, um, but certainly I would say in, the, in uh, probably mostly throughout my 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, because I, I had two really good friends who were doulas. Uh-huh. And, and they, they'd done a lot of births in the hospital, but then also, like, just talked, the way they talked about home birth was, like, was, like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. like, this very special thing. So I learned a lot about home birth through both of them. Cool. Um, and then also just having my... She's fine. She's fine. Thanks, Bridget. Thank you, though, yeah. Um... Like, learned a lot of about home births through them, but then also kind of having that experience of being in a clinical setting, I don't know, um, yeah, just not feeling, not feeling empowered in a hospital setting, kind yeah. of, actually, so, so, with Natalia's birth, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm a little nervous about, you know, like I said, I was a little nervous about doing home birth initially. And so mm-hmm. I was like kind of scared out of it. So I was like, okay, I found a nurse midwife program that um, I was like, okay, this is a perfect medium because they follow a midwifery model. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, you know, still in the hospital, but they're, 
they are like great advocates and like heard wonderful things about these women. Yeah. Um, and so I'd had a couple appointments and I was, I think I was like week 24 or something and their practice closed. Whoa. Yeah. And Whoa. so I was of course like totally beside myself. <laughs> I was like, now I have, to go to this, plan. I have to go to this scary hospital and I don't want to do that. And so I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to, if I have to do that, then I'm getting a doula. And so that's how Sarah came about. And Sarah was just, just a total rock star for, I mean, for both of my births, just was able to walk me through all of my waves in, in a, I didn't even know that you could. Yeah. do that you know yeah. that you could know when somebody's feeling these things and read them yes, like so you're cool. reading water it's, it's pretty amazing but anyway yeah. so that's how she came about and is um that Petri? Uh, oh, okay i think that's oh that's flora that's flora yeah i think so yeah flora i was color guy baby i forgot that was her name I'm like laura baby guy <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and so then um, she was like, have you thought about a home birth? And so then she was kind of how I came around to Misty. Very cool. And, and that, so um, that was like mid-pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So that's very empowering yeah. for guests also is like, if you have a plan, mm-hmm. our Western attachment to plans, you know, our contemporary human mm-hmm. attachment to plans and itineraries and to-do lists yeah. is like... I mean, it's almost, it's a crutch and Mm -hmm. it becomes like a major attachment. And so, you know, that's really beautiful Mm -hmm. that like you became in the middle of your pregnancy, you became open to change, Mm -hmm. you became open to a different, a different idea and found somebody who worked for you. And and I feel like that's what we need to know as birthing women and as, and families Mm -hmm. that are, you know, preparing for, um, for children yeah. like this it is a choice mm-hmm. and there are people um or you know there are people in your area most likely yeah like, there really is you can dig up a midwife anywhere mm-hmm. yeah you know totally. like they are there but they're mm-hmm. you know some of them are even in hiding yeah um but this is a this you know sort of model but i mean it's nature's model right and so like we have this the medical the medical model is a new thing. Right. Totally. Um, and But nature's model does have us trusting our bodies and mm-hmm. trusting our babies. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it is funny. Like, your two babies, like, their births totally echo in their personalities. <laughs> much, yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's probably the case for mm-hmm. all of them. If, if we are so patient, can we be mm-hmm. patient? Can we be quiet enough and listen mm-hmm. to our babies and learn from them? Yep. You know, I mean... Yeah. So you found Misty through Sarah, mm-hmm. and is what's what kind of nurse or what kind of midwife is Misty? Misty is she's a little witchy. Yeah. She was very. Um, it was really important to me to have somebody that I felt like could be totally straight with me, mm-hmm. um, and not like I don't. I'm not into the fluff. Like I just need. I need the like. What's going on? What yeah. are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know. And she, she was really great with she's that. She's no bullshit. Yeah, That's but saying. but also was able to do it in a like she's just, she's like a little bit of a magician and able to like deliver in a way that I could also receive too. Yeah. You know, yeah. and knowing like, you know where that because it's like good the continuum right. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 
I feel like my my birth team was pretty magical. And yeah. then Britt was Britt also was she was really incredible too. They all just had like their Britt actually helped me a lot with um my latch afterwards. Mm. Um just pretty epic. Like I don't know, just yeah, she was she was great. Petra or with Natalia, Natalia or both? Okay. With Natalia. Yeah. Um and Britt actually had her own baby right before Petra was born. So really? she was busy being a mama. She's like, I want to go, but I was like, you're being a mom. You're, yeah, yeah you're doing was, it. You're she, doing the yeah, work. Totally. The sacred birth keeper work. Yeah, exactly. Um, can I ask you, as a nurse, what is your, how do you feel about your relationship, about our relationship as a society and as an individual to pain? And have you seen the quest for comfort, like in the in the medical world? Like, how do you feel about? I guess just like the first part is like, how do you feel about pain in in perspective of birth and then mm-hmm. in perspective of like life? Right. Um, Sorry, we're gonna wait. I'm just letting you. Cool. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So good seeing you. Good to see you. Have fun camping. Thanks. We will. Um, I feel like, um, we kind of touched on it. Yeah. We kind of touched on it just to like redirect. Totally. We kind of touched on it in the sense of like, there's like pain in birth. Yeah. And then there's pain in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hoping, like, to not lead you. What's funny, I just need to tell the guests, I usually share my questions with my <laughs> guests prior to give a little, so you can know a little bit of what you're getting into. And we didn't do that here. And our dear Abby is coming off of like a three-day shift and like, you know. Six days, actually. Oh, a six-day yeah. shift, yeah. 7, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, unguided and absolutely beautiful. <laughs> but, um, so, where I will just rein us in a little bit. Like, we talked about birth pain and how it's you know mm-hmm. like if you look at the feelings during birth as pain it's something you're going to try to escape from. right and so what i'm going for with this question is there is pain yeah. that you see and like that needs dealt with mm-hmm. that needs help mm-hmm. that needs catered to that mm-hmm. needs and then there's pain that's necessary right for growth right for change what I want, like, what I'm trying to find is, is you in your professional world as an ER nurse, can you speak to sort of both realms and, like, mm-hmm. and what's happening there? Yes. I think I, I, there's, I think there's a huge difference between the pain of birth and the pain that happens when something is wrong. And I think that it's kind of goes back to if you're listening to yourself and you're paying attention you can, you, I mean, pretty anybody knows, like if you've broken a bone or you've had any sort of like severe pain, you know what that pain feels like. It's yeah. something that you're trying to get away from. I think the pain of birth, um, the pain of birth, um, I didn't really feel like it was pain even. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that to sound like, you know, oh, it wasn't painful. Like, you know, it was, it was unbelievably intense Mm -hmm. but it was not um I don't think that it was painful I would say it was 
gosh, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. But yes, mm-hmm. it is. It is was something that like, I guess you know when you play with it, right? Like mm-hmm. you know you like, you know if you like, I don't know, tear your knee or something, mm-hmm. right? Like if you put it in a certain position, it's gonna really hurt, mm-hmm. right? But then if you put it in a you know whatever, like a restorative position, right. you're working with then it. then then it's then you're not putting too much stress on it. But I think with birth. If you're going away from it, it's not something that like gets better when you try and re- try and run from it. Mm-hmm. It gets more. It feels more um, controlled, also almost mm-hmm. when you move into it. Mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. I felt like when I was the times that I was like when I said I can't do this. Yeah. And I need I need somebody to tell me I can do this because I I don't believe my I don't believe in myself right now. Yep. That was when I was trying to get away from it. Yeah. And so then when I I was asking for those reminders because I know like I you know I think you know this deep in this deep place in me like I knew I could do mm-hmm. it but you know it's like anything else in life sometimes you need people to remind you that you that you so actually what? you can. Yeah. You can and you will, but you need those reminders. Yeah, you know? and we're living in a world too. Like, you know, that's why I'm. That's why I'm doing this work. That's why I. I just I feel like these stories are so powerful because a large percent of our population, particularly in this country, has forgotten this as a truth. Mm-hmm. Like it's a truth. The totally. truth is that like you have sex. And it results in a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, in, you know, most heterosexual relationships, that's just going to be the result if totally. you're not putting anything, uh, totally. blockading the process. Right. Right. And so, in the sense that, like, you're not going to go into the hospital and get a bunch of monitors put on you right. and, like, all right, now let's have sex and try to make a baby. Right. Like, that would be weird. Right. And so, in the same way, like, the exit, the, the release, the, the letting go of the baby into the world, mm-hmm. you know, the sort of graduation from womb mm-hmm. to room, um, just the more that we, the more that we hear these stories, mm-hmm. the more that this process is normalized, and, and, you know, and then, like, in your stories, the glorified, like, you know, you did it. And yeah. You, and it was uninterrupted. Yeah. Like, there wasn't anybody telling you you couldn't do it. There was nothing but support. Right. Um, the only person who, like, naysayed or questioned for a second was you. Yep. And, you know, is that um, a natural thing? Yes. Especially in a society where, like, whether we recognize it or not, we're sort of showered with all of these... Uh, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Maybe you should, maybe you should do it in the hospital. Right. And then as a nurse, you go through all the schooling that focuses on the oh fuck moments. Right. Like it doesn't focus on the beautiful moments. Totally. Like you know that beautiful uh, entry into the world right. that Talia just right. slid out on on smooth breath right. number three. They just don't talk about that. Right. And Which for I mean for nursing school like you need to know how to like deal with these situations that they're talking about. Of so course. that's what they're really preparing you for. Yes. But but if you're like a, you know an aspiring mom, it's a little unnerving to hear about those right. things. You know. Well, because and also because like the likelihood that that happens for um you know a healthy yes. person yep. is pretty slim exactly and yep. so um and i it, yeah so i just feel like i mean i feel a little more warm and fuzzy hearing you and mm-hmm. your nurse like 
say the word yes. Totally. Like, you know, we want to be prepared in mm-hmm. the in in the hospital. We want to be prepared for this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the likelihood that's gonna happen is really slim. Yep. But we'll be there for those yep. people who need us. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. that's like um, it's a really it's really important. Yeah. You know, and and I want I want the listeners to also know that like this podcast, we are supporters of the medical world, you know, totally. of the of the forward moving motion of of um, of Western medicine, and and it's a it's evolving just like we are, right. you know, the process by which we're learning about the human body and all of its capabilities, right. you know, we're all learning together. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to hold space for that. Yeah, and something something else too that um, I I had had a series of friends um that got they got epidurals or they get they get induced Mm -hmm. so pitocin is like the is the induction drug Mm -hmm. and then it's also what if you um yeah anyway i've got i'd had a bunch of friends who'd gotten induced and then gotten epidurals and their labor all stopped all but stopped Uh, yeah and so then they both ended up with c-sections these two women that I was thinking of in particular both ended up with C-sections because there's also regulations in the hospital about you can only be laboring for so long after you have this drug, you can only do this for so long. And so the more interventions you get, from my understanding, um, the more limited you are in your freedom choices as a birthing mom. And so... That was a really big deal for me going in is I did not want to be given a like, okay, well, since you made this choice, now you have to do this. And I feel like on a certain level that totally hijacks women's birth because you don't, I don't think that that's necessarily an education piece that most women are given when they go into hospitals of like, okay, here are all of the ways that you can have this baby. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, if you get this, then within this time period, that stuff that is brought up, I would say, by and large to women, when they're in their birth. Right, game time. At least that was, like, my experience watching it from a nursing student perspective. So I'm not a a labor and delivery nurse, but that was, like, and from, like, friends that have told me about it, that was, like, that was a really big... um, um, fear for me when mm-hmm. I was trying to make the decision of like going to do it in the hospital where I really didn't want to do it mm-hmm. or doing, you know, having a birth at home, but mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, once I knew that I had Misty who could like, who was legally carrying, carrying Pitocin, which deals with, takes care of post postpartum hemorrhaging mm-hmm. and oxygen and mm-hmm. all, she knows all of the, you know, like the things that you need to do with for newborns if they, you know, what are all the likely causes of, you know, distress amongst newborns, yeah. carrying oxygen, carrying, you know, being able to do CPR and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and even, um, suturing, I mean, right. They do right. Yep. And I, and I tore a little bit on my first one. She was able yeah. to suture me in my house, like yeah. numb me up a little bit and so suture great. me in my house, you know? So beautiful. And, um, and so, yeah, just, yeah. And I, I think also that like, you know, in, and, and this is, you know, like, I think that this is also like, you know, if, if as a mom, like you should be able to give birth where you want to give birth, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, if a hospital is your most comfortable place, then then you should do that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that it's kind of been pushed on people as like a, this is, you know, like 
oh, you're kind of like you're kind of a weirdo. <laughs> you're right. kind of out there if you do homework, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but I've actually found that a lot of nurses, as I worked in the ICU before the ER, mm-hmm. and there were several ICU nurses actually that get that did home births. Yeah. And. That's, and there's a lot of, like, medical doctors that... Right. Like, women medical doctors that have chosen to have home birth. Right. Or, you know, the husband is a medical mm-hmm. doctor, and they're like, we're going to do home birth. Right. And I, yeah, I want to get more of y'all, of, mm-hmm. of the medical field stories, because that, what it shows, what it proves is, like, you can be in both worlds. Totally. It is not right. a binary thing. Right. You can support, you know, the forward evolution and momentum mm-hmm. of western medicine but then also have the respect for for nature's beautiful magic of totally creating and birthing humans yeah they can go mm-hmm. hand in hand they can support each other yeah um well sweet man i feel like um just the best thing to to kind of close us up would just be if you could give you know, like maybe three pointers to, um, to the listeners, like, and especially to a mom who is trying to decide or the partner trying to decide, like, where do I want to do this? And how do I want to do this? Like how, what, like three pieces of information could you just, you know, give and about your own, like from your own place, um, as in we're not like you do this and you do this and you do this right you know like from your own from your own heart what how you how you made those choices um i feel like is the best way for someone to i think making your making all of your birth choices from a from a place of um belonging and Mm -hmm. self self-love rather than fear I think that's a big one huge I think it's really important to know your fears Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to acknowledge those things and I think it's really important to um to kind of know where those can go out of control and be able to find a place where those can live so that they don't hijack your birth right awesome yes I'd say that's a pretty big one. That's like legitimately, uh, <laughs> that's all like the textbook from natural birth. That's like really, answers. Oh, yeah. right. that's really great. <laughs> that's, couldn't have done it better. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause the power of the power of keeping your fears in the closet. It's huge. It's huge. huge. So getting yeah. these out there. Um, yeah. And I think a big one for me too was kind of knowing the energies that you want around. Mm. Um, so for me, that was a big deterrent for going to the hospital because I didn't want to have, like, ten people's fingers in my vagina. Totally. Um, and then also, like, managing it at home of, like, do you want your mom there? Do you not want your mom there? Do you want your sister there? Do you not? Do, do you want them there but don't know how long? Being able to, like in your mind to be able to manage those things and then also to have somebody there who knows what you want mm-hmm. and can manage that for you so that mm-hmm. you can do what you need to do. Right, like a birth guardian. Yeah, yeah. a birth bouncer. A birth bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Brilliant. <laughs> That's also in the book. I'm mean, specifically thinking of birthing, birthing from within. Really? An incredible. It's like it's like my textbook. That's literally. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is all. Yeah. It's all like right. Just perfect. And the third one would be. I think it's kind of in the other ones. I think I kind of tacked on a few things in there, but yeah, just tr I mean, ultimately trust yourself. Yeah, it's like I think that that's what I feel like women have like been taught to not trust themselves with you know the medical models like oh you need this and you need that and you and unless you have a specific reason, medical reason for needing things outside of yourself, then you really don't. Boom. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Abby. We've been, we, I've been, we've been trying to have this conversation. I know for months. For like, I think at yeah. least seven months. Yeah. So I'm so grateful <laughs> Me to too. have gotten Thanks. to do this. And, um, and yeah, and the hope is that Damien and Eric are going to yeah. have the male side. I would love to hear that. Yeah, so the podcast <laughs> evolution is really, um, this is a birth, actually, that we're yeah. having right in this moment. Abby and I are, are birthing the woman <laughs> side of the story, and Damien and Eric are going to birth the male side of the story. So, um, thank you. Oh, thank sharing. you. And, um, so lovely. Yeah, and... Uh, we're all going camping, so we're so we gotta go. <laughs> so we gotta go. We got like multiple vans, and we're going out into the the wilderness of the Cascades. So um, thanks for listening and thanks for joining. Thank you. Much love. <laughs> Gosh, I just love that episode. It's funny. I um, I mean, she had like five or six boom statements <laughs> the statements that I choose you know to preface the to preface the um the episode or um almost like the trailer right at the end there she just has statement after statement after statement that are just so um deeply impressioning um or that leave lasting impressions um, better way to say it but um gosh thank you Abby for sharing your stories and Fingers crossed that we get uh, that we get the men that we get Damien and Eric to share their side of the story um, with us soon. So um, again, if you guys are digging on this podcast, um, subscribe and you know leave a review or write me an email um, or a DM. I'd love to hear your feedback and um, yeah, if you're interested in the birth or rebirth courses. Um, have a look on the Rain Studios website and you can get more information there or always just shoot me a message. All right, um, until next time, peace, plants, birth, death, life.